in the month of June. Now, in this country, June is said to be the youth month. We, as a nation, as a country, we remember, we celebrate, we commemorate what the youth of 1976 did. They took to the streets their struggles, as well as the struggles of the nation, and the rest is history. And as the church, we have a way of celebrating our youth. As much as possible, you will see, I think, there is one or two youth speakers who are going to preach to us. And we had so wished that the entire month of June, we should be having youth leading our services. What do we learn from these young people? Courage, tenacity, commitment, sacrifice, hard work, and they were focused. Um, I was in grade 12 in 1976. And who was in grade 12 in 1976? Is there? <laughs> none, none of you were in grade 12. Uh, when the guys went out, their parents did not know, their teachers did not know. They were so disciplined. So this month of June, we can learn from them. But we have our own way of celebrating uh, this youth month. And we also read from scripture that God used the youth. There are young people in the Bible like David. We are told that David was about 16. How old are you? 16 years. Can you stand up and look at them? <laughs> David was 16 years old. He was a teenager when he was used by God. And hence the theme of our preaching this month is taken from 1 Samuel 17 verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a spear, sword, spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now, we know that these words were said when David was facing the giant Goliath. And the battle was not that conventional. The armies of Israel were on one side and the Philistines the other side. And there was a man who learned about warfare from childhood, Goliath. And he challenged the men of Israel that one should show up and face him. In a conventional war, 
soldiers fight against each other. And those who, who have defeated, those who have killed the other soldiers emerge as a victorious nation. But this was not conventional. Goliath, for about 40 days, we read in verse 16, and the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days morning and evening, challenging the Israel, give me a man who can fight with me. And it continued like that. Now, this war took place or was supposed to take place at the valley called Eli. Now, you can show them the valley. Now, the war was supposed to take place at this place between Goliath and one of the Israelites. But as we know, it did not take place. Only David showed up and we know what he did. The impression that we have is that the war battle, the contest between Goliath and David, maybe for Goliath it happened at this valley of Elah. But for David, this is what I want to share with you today. That this was not actually the battlefield for David. The war was won. The victory was attained. Not at Ella, the Vale of Ella. But it was won before the battle could take place. And hence the theme that I wish to develop this morning is we have victory before the battle. Now, you could be facing some battles of your own. Some challenges of your own. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. In other words, it doesn't say weapons will not be formed against you. Weapons will be formed against you, but they will not prosper. Tongues, the Bible did not say tongues will not rise against you. People will rise against you. Tongues will rise against you. The Bible never promised us that tongues will not, but it says they will not prosper. So when we are finding ourselves in challenges of life, we are learning from the life and the lessons that David is giving us today. That before the battle, the victory is already won. Battle before the battle. David had four conversations which convinces me that that's where the battle was won. Praise the name of the Lord. Before I get into a before I get into battle, the battle is already won. David had four conversations which he had before he faced Goliath. The first one is David had a vision 
of winning the battle, even before he faced Goliath, putting it the other way, he had the mindset of victory, even before he faced Goliath. As we know, David was 16 years old, and he goes to the battlefield, not to fight, but his father sent him to give food for his brothers who were part of the army of Israel. Verse 26, then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now, we can assume that the soldiers, the Israelites, were discussing the war daily for 40 days. How long is this going to happen? Maybe we should, um, we should have better armor. Who is going to stand up? Maybe some were having little prayer meetings. That God give us a man who, was go who is going to confront this Philistine. But this teenager, David, does not have that mentality. The children of Israel, the armies of Israel at the time were afraid. Because they could not confront the giant. They had a defeatist mentality. But David was having a winning mentality. He was not discussing about the war. He was discussing about the reward. Because in his mind, the battle is already won. He refuses to discuss who is going to fight? Who is going to do that? And that, David is saying, what is the reward? Who, what is going to be given to a person who is going to kill this Philistine? He discusses already because in his mind, the battle is already won. Another young person, Caleb, who was also a young person, when the children of Israel were preparing themselves to go to the promised land, we remember he was among the 12 spies whom Moses chose to go and spy the land. The others saw the giants. They saw fortified cities. They saw the sons of Anak. But Caleb decided in his mind not to see the greatness of the challenge but the greatness of God. We should not allow the magnitude of our challenges to determine the greatness of our God. And Caleb said, as the others were telling the people, that we seemed like grasshoppers before these people. Caleb, Numbers 13 verse 30, silenced the people before Moses. 
Because the people were made to have a defeatist mentality. That we are not going to make it. We are not going to cross the river Jordan. Go and possess the land. Caleb silenced the people who were agitated, who were spreading the rumor that it is impossible for us to go to the promised land. He said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. This is another young person, youth month, where we learn lessons from this young people who had a winning mentality. In other words, in the mind of David, the battle is already won. Child of God, we don't know what you are going through, but in your mind, let us learn from David that the battle is won before the actual battle. What mindset are we approaching our struggles, our challenges? I want to say that as the church Maybe as individuals, let us have a winning mentality. You will certainly do it. You will certainly win that battle. The second conversation which David had was the battle against elder brother discouragement. This is the second battle. His brother Eliab. Verse 28 and 29. Heard him speaking with a man. He heard David speaking with a man. And David saying, I'm going there. I'm going to fight. What is the reward? He burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now here is a man, here is an elder brother who is imposing himself as the leader of the brothers. Now David was the eighth. Now he imposes himself as the leader of the pack, as the leader of the brothers. This is not your place. Your place is to take care of my father's flock. Now, verse 29. Now, what have I done? Said David. Can't I even speak? Praise the name of the Lord. Can I confess my faith? Now, David had to fight elder brother discouragement. What Eliab, his elder brother was saying is you're not going to make it. This is not a boy's job. You should take care of the flock of, the fa of our father's sheep. Now, we have got to fight discouragement. We have got to stand against any voice that is telling us that we are not going to make it. Let us challenge anyone. Let us challenge anything. Let us challenge any thought that says the giant is too big for us.
Let us find, fight elder brother discouragement. When we wish to save God, there are voices that are coming. That are saying, you are not going to make it. Yes, we are going to make it. Yes, you are going to make it. Why? Because you have a mindset of a winner. There is no mountain too great to climb. There is no giant too big to conquer. Let us fight elder brother discouragement. Yes, it is real. But we are not going to concede to elder brother Eliab. David, later in his life, he faced discouragement. First Samuel 30 verse 6. We know that as he was a fugitive, there are people who followed him as he was running away from Saul. And they were at a place called Ziklag with his followers. And the men who followed David went out to fight. And the Amalekites came and took away their children and their wives and burned the city of Ziklech. Verse 6 of chapter 13. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Shout the name of the Lord. We are going to make it. We are going to stand against elder brother discouragement. We are going to encourage ourselves in the Lord. For in the cloud of discouragement, there is a small still voice that is saying, you are going to make it. We are going to make it. Battle against imposed limitations. That is the third conversation which David had. Now, this third conversation is when he had with Saul, verse 32 to 37. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep, from the flock. I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me 
from the hand of this Philistine. Now, Saul imposes his own limitations to David. He says, you are not going to make it. Why? You are still a teenager. You are a young person. Now, the Spirit of God in the life of a teenager, he remains the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God in the life of a woman remains the Spirit of God. So Saul had his own limitations. Please say, please ma'am, keep your limitations to yourself. Don't impose your limitations to people who desire to do exploits for the Lord. Because they will never be discouraged. David tells Saul, your servant has an experience of fighting a mountain, a lion, a bear. We can only imagine at that particular time, it was not David who fought the lion or the bear, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Like when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samuel and Samson. We remember Samson killed how many Philistines, not with an AK-47, but with a jawbone, oh, because he was a Nazareth, because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. You will never discourage a person who is possessed by the Spirit of the Lord. You will never impose limitations upon him. Keep your limitations to yourself. We are going to march. We are going to do exploits in the name of the Lord. You are not going. Who says that? Who says I'm not going to make it? He tried to give him his armor. He tried to give him. No, I don't need that. I don't need that. That is the conversation. That he had with Saul. People impose limitations on us. Have you been told that nobody in your family has ever amounted to anything? Have you been told nobody ever tried this and succeeded? Just keep your limitation to yourself. If you feel you can't confront the giant, there are people who wish to confront the giant because they have experiences of Confronting bigger situations. The last conversation which David had, I call it here, the battle against self-sufficiency. I've read verse 45, where David now is facing the giant. What is the giant saying? Am I a dog? That you are going to fight with me? What was he carrying? He was carrying a sling. He had stones. Goliath length 
about warfare from childhood. But we learn from the life, we learn lessons from David here that he had to fight self-sufficiency because you killed lions, because you killed a bear. Doesn't mean that you must rely on yesterday's anointing. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and a spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defeated. Now, David brings into the valley of Eli. He brings four conversations. And I believe this fourth conversation is the most important one. That David experienced the infilling of the Spirit. Who can doubt that David was inspired when he wrote these psalms. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He was inspired to do that. He was inspired to kill the lion and the bear. But David did not rely on yesterday's anointing. He said today, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God you have defied. Goliath came to David before David with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. But David says, I come before you in the name of the Lord. In other words, David confesses. David makes an acknowledgement. I am going. The nation of Israel is going to win this war. But it is not out of our own sufficiency. But we depend on the name of the Lord. Church, we are going to make it. Church, we are going to go to another level. Not through our own sufficiency. But we are going. Because... This is not our battle. You remember in 2 Chronicles when the nation of Israel were faced, were attacked by several nations. We read this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 from verse 1. It happened. After this, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. It was not one nation. It was few nations which clapped against Judah at this time. Verse 2. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, 
And they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is Engedi. It's not only one nation. It's not an army, but it's a great multitude. It's a great army. It's coming before you. Verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeziel, Jeiel, the son of Metaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. Verse 15. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord your God, do not be afraid, nor dismayed, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but it belongs to God. In the Message Bible, this is God's war. It is not yours. Somebody praise the name of the Lord. It is not our battle. It is not our war. People's church, it's not our war. But it is the Lord's battle. In the today's English version, the battle depends on God and not on you. David teaches us today to fight self-sufficiency. Jesus said to Peter, you remember when they met with his, Jesus met his disciples at Caesarea Philippi, that whom do people say that I am? You're Jeremiah because you cry, you, uh, John the Baptist, you do acts of power and so on and so on. But he says, but whom do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You are the one who has been promised to our ancestors. The son of the living God. In other words, you are the one who will redeem Israel. Jesus said, turn to Peter. You are Petros. You are Peter. Petros in Greek. Peter means a stone. But upon this Petra, upon this confession, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, the gate of hell refers to the strongholds. At the time, the government of a city was situated at the gates. This church, the church, it's, 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 it's not only a denomination, but it is, it is the global, the church is global, the church is universal. The church is everywhere. There's no African church. There's no Chinese church. There's no Indian church. We have the church of Jesus Christ. So as people's church, we are the local expression of the global church of Jesus Christ. We go above denominational 
affiliations. We are the church of Jesus Christ. When we meet this morning, we don't meet only as assemblers of God, but we are the church which Jesus said, I will build and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are unstoppable. No one is going to stop us. No Goliath is going to stop us. When the enemy comes like a flood, the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard. People's church, I want to tell you, we are going to be faithful to God. We are going to stay on our lane. We are going to be focused. The Lord is going to give us victory. Victory is certain. Victory is on our side. For we are the church of Jesus Christ. We are not only an NGO or NPO, FBO. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are not self-sufficient in our own strength. I come to you in the name of the Lord. This, was, this is what David said. Let's conclude. Let's conclude. Battle before the battle. Verse 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly you want the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his back and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. Goliath was killed. Not what David had in his hand, but what David was carried in his heart. For David had already won the battle even before he confronted this giant. But what does it mean when David says, I come to you in the name of the Lord? He is actually saying, I have placed this battle in the hands of the Lord. This battle is not in my hands but this battle is in the hand of the Lord that's why he was not killed by the fifth stone but the first stone the battle not only for David but for the children of Israel the battle was won I don't know what season are you facing in your life I don't know what Battles are you fighting in your life? As we conclude our message this morning, we are saying, put, place everything into the hands of the Lord. Put everything, put your struggles, put what you are going through in the hands of the Lord. David as a teenager was confident that he is not alone but God is besides him. God will help us through the fires. God will help us through the floods. God will help us through the storms that we are facing or what we are going through. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today, he is still our savior.
Today he is still our redeemer. Today he is still our deliverer. Today he is still our healer. Therefore, what David said still applies to me today. I come before my own situation in the name of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's get